Okay, so I'm here today with Christine Bonde, who works as a yoga teacher and personal trainer in Copenhagen, Denmark. And if the name sounds familiar to you, it might be that you've already listened to the episode we did together a couple of months ago, where we talked about the benefits of having a home practice. If you haven't already, I suggest you go give that episode a listen as well, because there are some real nuggets in there if you're interested in yoga and movement and how it can help you just live an awesome life. And today I have Christine with me here again. Yay! So I've asked Christine to come back on the podcast and talk about how yoga, movement and meditation can be a real driver to increase confidence and self-esteem. And I think it's a really important subject to address because sometimes it's easy to lose the motivation and skip your practice. At least in Denmark right now, we're in the season of darkness, cold and winter. And maybe you've been on a great ride of showing up for your practice, but you start to lose motivation as days just get darker and darker. And maybe you haven't really started practicing at all because you're too busy working or just managing life in general. So no matter your situation, I think it can be great to sometimes dive into some of the many reasons why we actually show up for our practice. And for many of us, it's it's so easy to fall into this trap of, oh, I have to practice because I want to lose five kilos or I have to practice because I want to look a certain way. I mean, I, I get it. And, and sometimes it's just easier to stay on the couch and eat that bag of candy or chips or a slice of cake or whatever it is. Our motivation can drift and disappear in an instant. So today I wanted to go a little bit deeper than the external reasons for practicing and talk about another great benefit of yoga and movement in general that we sometimes tend to forget on the days where the motivation just doesn't exist. And one of my favorite benefits from my own yoga and movement journey has definitely been that my confidence and my self-esteem, it, it just skyrocketed and went through the roof once I got really serious with my practice. And essentially, I want you to experience the same thing. Um, and on top of that, I suspected that some of you might be curious to learn more about how yoga and movement all relates to confidence and self-esteem. At least a simple Google search just revealed to me that almost 2 billion search results pop up when I Google, how do I get more confident? So I guess I'm not alone on that search. But before we dive into today's episode, I just want to make one thing clear. So first of all, disclaimer, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not trying to pretend that I know everything about the human mind, not at all. I've just had some really beneficial experiences through yoga and movement, and I'm here to share my experiences with anyone who wants to listen. Secondly, I think it's quite common for many of us to, to use words like confidence and self-esteem interchangeably, but they're actually very different. So I just wanted to outline the difference between the two words before we move on. So confidence relates to trusting yourself and your abilities to achieve goals and succeed at challenges. Confidence is something that comes from knowledge and practice and is oftentimes easier to build than self-esteem. The more experience we have in something, the more confident we become. So as you can hear, this is something outward facing to do with the external world and our achievements. 
Self-esteem, on the other hand, relates to our sense of self and how we interact with the world, but it's, it's more of an inward-facing thing. It has to do with how we feel about ourselves, how we guide our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, and essentially how we value our own worth. So if you have a high self-esteem, you usually don't need all these external milestones and achievements to bring yourself up because you're already comfortable and happy with yourself as you are. And the confusion of these two terms often sent us down the wrong path and we hope to increase our self-esteem through the achievement of certain goals. But as I just explained, (laughs) I think you'll be out there looking for a while. So I just want you to keep this in mind as we move through today's episode. And with that said, let's start the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Christine. It's so nice to have you here again. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Yeah, it is. Okay, so before we get started, (laughs) what is one thing you did today to care for your health? Oh, I did uh, muscle ups. Muscle ups. Okay. Um, I don't know what it. I don't know what a muscle up is. Tell us. It's um basically a pull up, and then you get all up over the bar. Over and you the dip bar. on the bar. So I I I do a lot of movement, a lot of like workouts outdoors, and I love to do calisthenics. And um, a muscle up is a very like complex skill that I've been working towards for quite some time. So it feels like a treat to actually be able to go out and practice it because now I have it in the bag in a way. Now I need to get better at it. So it feels like self-care to go out and like get better at something. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. I, yeah. I hope one day I can do a muscle up too. Yeah. So in your experience, where does this mean cycle begin of people just feeling really bad about themselves? Why are we all feeling like crap these days? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a general big assumption, but... I think for a lot of people, that is actually the case. I think it's because we're super privileged. We have too much time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my the first thing that comes to mind, in a way. Um, we spend a lot of time with ourselves, thinking about what other people think. And I think that's the main like root of it, the main cause maybe, it's Mm. you thinking about what other people think. Why are we actually so concerned about what other people think of us? Because it must come from some place, right? It must come from some kind of experiences we've had in in the past. Um, That could be something related to your family maybe. Um, I know for myself that I've had my teachers in school telling me like I need to work harder, do better and that adding on top of a person who is that is me (laughs) always being really hard on myself it just spirals up and becomes like creating a a picture in your head of something you have to achieve that is just not possible to achieve actually because it's 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 so unattainable it's it's up there and we've created a picture in our heads of what we want our, our lives and and ourselves to look like and and that can really spiral into something super difficult and it can create a lot of tough thoughts and emotions, probably also a really critical approach to how we talk to ourselves and see ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's a, a human thing <laughs> that we are afraid of being excluded. I have like a I tend to have like a very evolutionary view on things and and if we go back like if people didn't like you then there was a 
a risk that you could be excluded. I think that is still very much present in us, in, even in this modern society that we live in. So there is, in a way, a good reason why we spend a lot of time worrying about what other people think, because it's like a, a way of keeping ourselves safe. But it's also a mind game, because it doesn't matter what people think of you. Mm. You won't necessarily be excluded. Even if, if people think like horrible things about you, it's probably just for a few seconds. And then they're on with their lives because we're self-centered in a way. Like <laughs> totally. we have our own lives, right? They're th- focusing on what other people think about them. Uh, but I think it comes from a very primal instinct. That's that's the point. Yeah, we're so caught up in our own worlds. And, and it really ends up being the, the thing that that stops us from, from developing and, and doing all the things that we're meant to go out there and do because we're so afraid. What, what will people say? If I start this podcast, <laughs> what will people say if I do that job or do something else or teach at this place or get a family or move to another country? We're so focused on that. And it's uh, it's really tricky. I, I remember for myself that I was actually quite a confident teenager. Um, my I think my preteens before turning around 14, 15 years old, I wasn't super confident. I, I didn't really know who I was except for a nerd with glasses reading a ton of books in school, <laughs> not really having a lot of friends. But as I got a little bit older, I started to um, get more confident and I got some some good friends and I started going to parties and, and doing what teenagers should should be doing and I was having a really great life I remember um in high school I would I would always volunteer to do these things like who wants to give this presentation in class and I'd be like yeah I'll do it and I'll go up there and act in front of other people and uh, do a presentation in French in front of a whole new group of people I was I was super confident back then and then once I I graduated uh, high school um, I thought, yeah, I got all these good grades. I'm an amazing student. I can go out and conquer the world and move away from home. And then I started law school and it was like <laughs> a slap in the face because I, I met all these um, people in law school who had also studied really hard <laughs> in high school and, and they got all the good grades. It's like bringing all the nerds together, all the geeks together <laughs> and say, now you're all going to compete <laughs> against each other. Um, to get the good grades and I remember it only took me a couple of months into my first semester of law school before I felt like wow where did that confidence go I I was uh, as I said I was always really comfortable speaking in front of other people and then one day I had to do a presentation with a with my study group and it was on a subject I I didn't really get it (laughs) I didn't I think I had to present some kind of uh, case law about it around a topic where I was like I don't really know what this case is supposed to show um but I was getting up there I had my notes and I was standing next to my friend and we were trying to make our way through this presentation and it was embarrassing (laughs) it was not good and we had even though it was just our classmates we're still like new to each other and trying to find our way around it and it was a it was a topic it was this contract law class that like if you're a law student you want to be good at contract law because it's (laughs) what a lot of us are going to work with uh, after we graduate and also something I worked with but I just remember standing there in front of the class and my my legs started shaking I couldn't hold on to my notes and my friend she grabbed my hand and we were holding each other's hands through this presentation because she was feeling just as 
uncomfortable as I did. And I think that was really a, a wake up call. I didn't notice it at the time, but now when I look back, I'm like, wow, okay. That was a confidence that just went down like <laughs> crazy and probably my self-esteem too. Um, that I was going from being this super confident person to suddenly being in an environment and surrounded by people who were all really good at what they were doing and we were all aspiring to to do the same thing and suddenly I felt like I don't fit in I'm I'm not good enough here and that's a tough realization mm. to have I, I was I was 19 years old at the time and I was like I'm I'm not good enough and I can I can never stand up in front of a crowd anymore because I'm terrified yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you know exactly when the change happened like this is the moment where I kind of lost my self-confidence yeah. and self-esteem maybe also. Yeah. That was, it sounds like that was when you met all of these other people who were kind of at the same place where you were and then the competition kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, law students and like from all over the world, I think especially the, the area of law, it's very competitive and it's a lot of um, intelligent people starting that uh, education and when you put all these people into the same group and and they're told um if you want to get this job in big law a law firm whatever something that's this is this is what you want to aspire towards um then the competition kicks in and and you're constantly in this mode of comparing yourself to others and was, was that because you were at the like the same place you were very similar because yeah i don't i don't even know it's just it's just the culture actually mm -hmm. in law school that um you're just told to get good grades and work hard and always compare like for how long did you study last night and mm -hmm. which grade did you get in this topic and wow you can't even calculate on these things then you're not really yeah are you sure like sometimes i really had the thought like I was not allowed, like I didn't deserve my spot there because I didn't get good enough grades. There's something <laughs> funny popping up in my head right yeah. now because it, it feels like when I think back in, in my own like history, the moments where I felt like very low in my self-confidence is when I was, in, I was in a big group of people quite similar to me, for instance, in, in high school. We were all comparing our grades to each other and how much did you study last night, all of these things. And also when I studied my bachelor's degree in nutrition and health, we were kind of all at the same place. We were we were very similar, meaning that it was very easy to compare. But the moment I started to kind of uh, break out from those groups that were very similar, I felt more at ease. I felt more like myself. So it's funny that we kind of want to fit in, in a way. We feel like that's more secure um but at the same time at least for me that's where i i start to feel like what what are they thinking about me because it's so easy to compare when you're quite alike so i'm just realizing now that <laughs> uh my self-confidence it really blew up when i decided to do something else yeah it blew up the moment i was on my master's degree and i was like I think I'm gonna drop out. And I've always been this straight A student. I never thought about dropping out or skipping something or doing something in another way. But I dropped out a few months after being accepted into the education. And I've been self-employed ever since because I just did things in my own way. And like, it, it's weird because I was alone in a way. That's what it's like sometimes to be self-employed. 
but, but I think I'm, it makes total sense. Like I, yeah. I can actually see myself in this now that you mention it and I haven't even thought about it, but being in this group of people that <laughs> you can, you can constantly mirror yourself in them and see they're doing better than me. They're doing this. I'm not, I can't keep track for me. It was then getting into working at a big law firm. I was the, the newest, the youngest, the <laughs> not the smartest for sure, but I had even more senior people to compare myself to. And I'd be like, no matter how hard I'm working, there's always going to be someone else in this house that's better at this than what I can ever do. But I also started to feel better once I removed myself from that uh, environment of constantly being surrounded by people who can do the exact same thing as me. Yeah. But I think the, <laughs> like now it might sound like the easy solution is just to go your own way and exclude yourself from like the community or do something that's different from people. I don't think that's the case. Mm. Uh, I think what I worked a lot on is the beginner's mindset because you will find yourself in situations where you have people around you that are very similar to you. They might even be better than you. And you have to practice. That's also something I practice a lot in my yoga, in my movement practice, in my meditation practice. Um, to be a beginner or have like a beginner's mindset and I often tell especially yogis when they're new because they feel quite scared when they're new I did as well um, that it's it's a privilege to be a beginner because there are no expectations you don't need to perform anything you can just play around and explore and I think that was the mindset I had when I became self-employed I was like I can just try this really it's just like a, a little experiment I thought I can always come back to study and I think a lot of self-employed people they say that in the beginning that they can always come back to their studies which is the case I can still go back if I want to so in a way there is like a fine line a nice balance between being in something that's new and you don't really know where it's taking you and at the same time it feels quite secure because you're on your own path in a way and yeah. you don't have people to compare yourself to in a bad way Because I don't think comparison is a bad thing in itself, but we kind of make it a bad thing because we, if we come from a bad place ourselves, a, a place of, you know, if you lack, you feel like you're lacking in something, then comparison is like a toxic thing. Yeah, totally. And it's, uh, I really like this thing you, you mentioned about the beginner's mind, because I think it's not necessarily something we're taught in, in school or university. So I've at least caught myself in this many times, like when I when I began my my studies that I was like, well, I need to know it all in advance. And it's now that I think of it, it's actually something my parents have said to me since I was five years old and started school that I always wanted to uh, be able to do my homework like three weeks in advance. I wanted to already know the things that I hadn't learned yet. Mm. <laughs> and maybe some people recognize that and for others it's like whoa what a geek <laughs> but but it's really something that can bring you down the wrong path because you're never going to live up to your own expectations and and that's definitely not installing a beginner's mind and say hey I haven't tried this before so it's okay if I don't really know how to do it the first couple of times and then I'll learn as I go and I'll pick it up Yeah, and like you're in a hurry if that's your mindset. If you want to learn it even before you began, it feels like rushed in a way. Mm -hmm. And you, you get out of the whole being in the process kind of thing. And I think being a beginner is really nice because like the amount of things you learn in the beginning is just massive. And then when you learn something, then that amount of new things you learn, it becomes less and less and less. And... 
I'm really motivated by new things I learn. I really love learning new things. And at some point, no matter what practice it is, whether it's parkour or <laughs> yoga or meditation or whatever it is, at some point you're at like a saturation level where like it's limited how much new stuff you can learn. Now it's time to kind of round the edges and get better at it to kind of get into, I don't know, like a grind mode and still enjoy it. So being a beginner, when you have all of these new things you learn, all of these new things you can add to your like puzzle of competencies, that's just very privileged. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think we're all striving towards this perfection and, and knowing it all before we, we <laughs> were even supposed to know it. And for a lot of people, that's actually uh, something that can lead to very low confidence and low self-esteem because of course if you go in somewhere and you're like oh i'm gonna do this and you don't succeed uh, in the first round well of course not but i think it's easy to get into that trap of well then i didn't know how to do this that means i am a failure yeah and also the fact that let's let's take law for instance i i imagine that the better you get the more things you need to learn the more things you need to be good at so it's just piling up so if you don't you know, manage to enjoy that process of being a beginner, then you're just in a hurry. You're always behind in a way. And you will always face like situations in your life where you have to be a beginner. You have to be able to place yourself in that situation, whether it's learning something new at your job or just practicing a new movement, learning a muscle up or doing a pose in yoga, whatever it is. So I think it's super nice to have a practice for that, like a place where we can actually practice being a beginner. Totally. A place where there is not much at stake, which could be yoga. Like, it doesn't matter if you mess up. But people come in with the same mindset, like, they, they, they really don't want to do things in the wrong way. They want to do it correctly the first time. And I get it. I, I probably have that in me uh, still. But I really, really try to put that beginner's mind into everything. Make it a practice. Not just something I tell myself. Oh, I'm just a beginner. It doesn't matter. It's something I practice because I think it's a super useful tool to be comfortable and confident in that position. Totally. I think if I could go back and tell uh, Laura, 18 years old, starting <laughs> law school, hey, you know what? <laughs> You're new to this. You don't know anything about law. Uh, you could just try and do your best and that would be enough and you don't have to know it all right now. Mm. Uh, that's why you're here. <laughs> you're here to learn, you're here to grow. But uh, it's it's tricky, but it's a good tip. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad we brought that one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so if, if you're going through some of these things in your life and you're experiencing yeah, low confidence, low self-esteem and really like having that hammer out to, to knock yourself in the head, how, how, how does it actually manifest in, in the body and in your mind? Is that something you've experienced yourself? Do you have some examples from, oh, I remember when I did this, it made me feel like, oh, my body aches or I'm shaking or... Mm. The way you speak to yourself, is this something that pops up for you? Yeah, I'm, uh, for me, like the main sign of me lacking confidence or self-esteem is that I worry a lot. Not necessarily what other people think of me, but just like, oh, if I don't do this, then I won't have money for that. Or if I don't accomplish this, then who will I be in 50 years? Like, what if I don't do this? Then, then I worry about things that don't even exist yet. Like I worry about the future, I think a lot which brings me away from the present moment it's a very yogi thing to say but it's very it's very true like that's that's where i become like uneasy 
And it's interesting because one of the main things or the main like themes in the yoga form I practice and teach, Strala Yoga, is is um, ease. We don't really have a word for it in, in Danish, but it's interesting because the opposite is disease. You're sick. Yeah. So if you don't practice ease, which is not worrying, it's about being in the process, then you become sick. So for me, lacking confidence and self-esteem, it makes me worry. And when I worry, I become uneasy. And when I'm uneasy, I'm not far from becoming sick, which could be, I don't know, tiredness, could be more angry, like lashing out or just, yeah, don't have energy for anything. So I, I definitely think it shows in, in your body. And also I think the one of the best things about the Strala Yoga practice is this idea that how you move is how you are. So when I feel off or uneasy, I go practice and I can tell from the way I move. I think especially uh, accomplishing or just attempting a handstand is very much um, one way of seeing it. Because if I feel like shit, then <laughs> my handstand will tell me. Like, I will push and force and struggle into it, and I just want to do it, you know? It doesn't matter. It's just the only thing I want to do. And if I feel good, if I'm easygoing, then my handstand will be that. So it's it's very much like a, a manifestation of how I feel. Yeah. It's how I move. It's almost like you need that handstand to be perfect as a reward, because oh, I've been feeling so bad the whole day. I need to just... There must be one thing I can do. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And that's the bad self-talk right there. Exactly. Yeah. It starts right there. And, and, and we just, uh, well, I know it for myself, spiral into this uh, poor self-image and just seeing yourself as, oh, but I, I can't do anything. When I wake up in the morning, I look at myself in the mirror and I tell myself I'm, I'm the ugliest person I've mm-hmm. ever seen like something like this this is not how I talk to myself anymore but it's it's definitely something I've done in the past um just waking up and feeling like you're a piece of shit mm-hmm. because it all comes from this thing of oh, I'm I'm always comparing myself to others and I'm I, I can never do what I really like to do and it, it just ends up in this yeah I'm, that cycle of for me not not being very nice to myself I always talk about uh, for my yoga practice that it was a process of becoming my own best friend because I I used to be my own worst enemy and I think from I was born and got my consciousness a couple of years later and up until I was 25 years old I saw myself as as the biggest enemy it was always this uh race to oh you need to get this perfect you need to get this done and you need to get the highest grade possible you need to get that job and if not I'm gonna whip you and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make you suffer and really miserable but yeah that is definitely where I ended up because I could not support myself on the way there and I think that strategy it works for a while at least it worked for me for 25 years so I have done something right using that but at some point the it just tips over and that strategy doesn't work anymore and it, it's scary because it does work for some time it, it does. does work to push yourself because that's how we're designed yeah. because it's like back in the days we had to go through hard things by pushing ourselves and just keep going 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 but at some point like we don't have the energy for it any longer and i think sadly we can be in that situation of pushing ourselves for longer now in this society that we live in because we don't have much to worry about if we think about it in a big picture there are no lions 
teaching <laughs> us and stuff like that, right? Um, we, we do have worry and concerns and what do other people think of me, but that's just something we create because we have so much time in a way. Yeah, we, we have so much time to think about what other people think about yeah. us yeah. And, and worry about, was this good enough? And why did I say it like this? And oh, I should have said it this way instead. And then you just end up somewhere <laughs> down the line yeah. telling yourself that you're a piece of shit because you didn't do a tiny little detail the right way or the way you had planned to. Yeah. It's sad. <laughs> It's very sad and scary that it does work for some time. Yeah. But the good thing is that the opposite also works. Totally. And like, I think it's that's the long-term strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think it really ties into the next thing that I wanted to to talk about because um I've often asked myself the question, well why don't I just get confident? Like <laughs> come on Laura, it's it's not that difficult and um it's also something that I've been told over and over again in my career when after I graduated law school so all the corporate and legal jobs I've had so far I would have especially men in the industry tell me but Laura you're you're doing great uh, why don't you just get a little bit more confident like it's so easy for them to say like why don't you just get a little more confidence and um I could also say to myself, like, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm getting good grades. I'm, I'm getting the job I wanted. I'm getting the feedback. Um, but at the same time, I have this constant monologue inside my head of just mean thoughts and, and not speaking nicely to myself. Um, and most people are actually <laughs> really good at, at what they're doing but but the self-talk the negative self-talk can really um, bring us down and now I'm talking about this from a very corporate point of view and how especially men have told me just get a little bit more confident oh yeah it's easier said than done for sure but I'm, I'm curious to know if, if you've experienced something similar have you had people tell tell you yeah but Christine just just Get a little more confident. Why? Why don't you just like pull it out of the <laughs> bucket and and put it on like it's a t-shirt or <laughs> a hat or something? Yeah, in a way, I think a lot of people they they want to encourage me to just own everything that I can do and everything that I am. Like just be proud of it and have a little bit of self confidence. But um, specifically for myself, I know that um, I'm a little bit hesitant showing that side of me, like being very self-confident, uh, showing that because I was bullied in school for being good in school. So I was bullied for being good at something. So I have like something inside of me telling me it's dangerous to show people that you're skilled or you're nice or whatever. So I kind of hold back. So it comes from a different place mm, in a way. Sure. Yeah, it's um, very different. Yeah, it's a very yeah. different place Yeah, because I was punished for being good at something. I actually think I've been quite self-confident in my life, luckily. Um, I think I've been, me and my dad probably, the most confident people in our family. My sister and my mom, they're they're a bit more uh, humble, I would say. I think I'm a quite humble person as well. But compared to them, me and my dad, we've been quite, um, yeah, quite self-confident. We're self-employed, both of us. And my mom and my sister, they work in healthcare, kindergarten and like the hospital. Uh, so it comes from a different place, I think, of not showing my self-confidence. Obviously, I also have days and even years where I don't feel self-confident and even lack self-esteem. 
Um, but the whole diving into straw yoga really helped me being able to feel. And when I'm able to feel, I can use that to find ease in not being self-confident. Yeah, it almost sounds like uh, Strala Yoga was the thing that helped you break the bad cycle of for you than not showing how confident you actually were or mm. showing the things that that you were good at. It, it was was that the point where it, where it started um, manifesting for you, or, or were there some practices you did earlier that that helped you get on the right path? It definitely started with with Strala Yoga. I always come back to this, and it sounds so cliche, but it it's really the root of many <clears throat> like self. Um, explorative stuff and I think I think especially the whole becoming myself in a way becoming more authentic because I saw that I met so many people that were quite self-confident because they've they've been practicing yoga for years and it it surprised me that it had a ripple effect like when you are self-confident or you have high self-esteem or you're happy and you show it and you share it you give me like an opportunity to be that and have that as well so it was completely the opposite way around in a way because i think a lot of people they especially in denmark because of the yendelon <laughs> like you cannot be too happy you cannot be too confident you shouldn't be like you should be a little bit more humble yeah but i believe in another thing like if you are self-confident which i think is a very positive thing it doesn't have to be bragging or stuff like that and you own that you're happy you're feeling good then you make space for me to feel it as well Like, it really is a ripple effect. Like, you will bump into me with good vibes. So I think I took that from the education, one of the many things I, I brought with me, like a like a big thing in my life today. Yeah, there, I, I think there really is a, a fine line between bragging about something you're good at and then just being confident with whatever you can do. Because as, as you say, with, with Yendelon, um, I don't think that's something uh, people know about in other mm. countries. But in Denmark, we're kind of raised from from very young age that we shouldn't think that we are anything that's like yeah that's the mantra we're we're told like who do you think you are you mm. shouldn't go out there and show the world and i think that's for instance very different from how americans are taught mm. to see themselves i have this idea that in the us they bring each other up of course they also have issues in in other ways but they're much better at installing this positive mindset yeah. uh, which is definitely something I had to learn <laughs> very far down the the road for me it was always like my default setting was negative thinking and uh, judging other people and who does she think she is or wh- why does she look like that or why is she saying these things and and then reflecting it back on myself because that was just how it was put together Um, and then, of course, if you have have that <laughs> setting in your brain that <laughs> who do you think you are, you shouldn't go out there and show the world, then it 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 easily take tips over to thinking that oh, but she's just bragging or he's just bragging instead of, hey, I'm actually comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, and that's a good place to to get to. <laughs> yeah, we often criticize things about others that we don't like in ourselves or that we don't have mm. for ourselves. So like being like negative about other people because they're confident it's probably saying a lot about how i feel myself yeah and and it's like a 
<laughs> it's probably something you already know, but it's just a big epiphany when you realize it and when you start seeing it and practicing something else. Like yeah. being aware of your self-thought and how you think about others because it's really about how you think of yourself. Totally, mm. yeah. So we're, we're already uh, diving into it a little bit, but how to break this bad cycle of um, low confidence and, and, and low self-esteem because it's, I think that's why a lot of people, ourselves included, uh, come to yoga and do different types of, of movement and practices because how, how do we actually get confident if we're not already? Um, what are some of the tools and practices that we can turn to 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 start feeling better about ourselves um, and i think that would be interesting to to talk a little bit more about and if you don't mind i'd actually like to to break it up in in two pieces so first talking about some of the physical tools that we have and then talking about some of the mental tools now i know that that <laughs> the yoga practice it very much <laughs> involves both things but I think a lot of people in the Western world and myself as well, I, I came to my yoga practice because I was already doing fit, uh, fitness. So I saw that this looks good and maybe that's a way that I could still burn calories. So <laughs> I'm going to go over there and try that one Sounds out. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, but then down the road, I started to see, ah, oh, but they're also meditating why are they doing that? They're not really burning calories. Um, but, but I saw, well, I've, I've always really liked to, um, to journal for instance, and write down all my thoughts. And, and that's something we learn from yoga as well. But so to come back to the question, sorry, I was mm -hmm. drifting. Um, <laughs> um, what are some of the physical tools that, that you have practically used and that you also recommend your, your clients and your students to, to use to gain confidence? Maybe it's not directly, to gain confidence but how do you start off if someone comes to you and say hey i just really like to start feeling better about myself um uh, start a movement practice and try to learn new stuff with your body yeah like maybe <laughs> the first step would be become becoming able to feel something not to feel good that's not the goal just being able to feel something so you feel like you're connected, you're tuning in, you're actually able to feel and sense and notice and observing and experiencing what's going on in your body. Um, and then like, then you have a good place from where you can start to learn new stuff with your body. Like it could also be learn a new skill, reading or learn a new language, I don't know, but I think when you learn a new skill with your body or just learn whatever with your body, you have a nice combination of doing something physically and you're also mentally challenged, which I think you cannot separate from self-confidence. Like it has to do also with something mental in a way. So it could be anything from, let's say you're really not good at jumping. Okay, then I'm practicing my beginner's mindset and I want to be really good at jumping. I don't want to be the best. I just want to learn it. And I want to like kind of embrace that I'm in a beginner's mindset and practicing that. Mm. Could also, it could be anything. It could be muscle-ups if you're at that point. I don't know. Taking up a new sport. Um, just learn something new. Yeah, totally. Brewing it's... tea. I don't know. It could be anything. <laughs> Brewing tea. Brewing tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, like It doesn't have to be a cartwheel on the, on the grass or a handstand or anything crazy. It's really just about 
starting to explore what can you do with your body and I think for many people we also like in the end when you have this low self-esteem low confidence and it turns into poor body image and the way you see yourself it like thoughts become emotions and some of it will very well manifest in the body as some type of anxiety or stress that it's physically uncomfortable to be in your body and one way you can get rid of some of those physical sensations could be through a yoga practice or through just going for a run i don't i don't run <laughs> very much because Me i don't, <laughs> i don't think it's fun and i have this principle that there's so many things i can do with my body and and ways i can move that at least i'm going to choose something that i think is fun yeah and that i enjoy doing because like life's too short to go for a five kilometer run every other morning if you're not enjoying it <laughs> yeah and if there are other things you could be doing exactly yeah and um I also remember from like I used so in Copenhagen we bike everywhere right yeah. and <laughs> all the all the exams I've done while I was studying I I always had that feeling you know the the exam nervousness before going to an ex, before going to an exam that it was it was in my fingertips it was in my belly it was everything like going crazy in my mind and I wanted to go to the bathroom and puke and but as soon as I would get on my bicycle to actually bike to the exam or to, to the room with the university, wherever it was, it would all start to slow down, disappear from my body, essentially. Of course, it would come back once I <laughs> walked into the room and I knew, okay, now I have to perform. But just that feeling of uh, physical activity for a little while could help calm down my body and my mind as well. Yeah. And I think when you want to build up self-confidence you need to have multiple experiences with doing that and that's why i think a movement practice is amazing because it will probably also make you confident that you were able to learn french for instance but it it does take some time before you're skilled and before you kind of get that skill let's just call it that but in a movement practice you can get that feeling of confidence a thousand times within an hour if you break it down and if you build that practice in a nice way so it doesn't have to be to get the muscle up because that can take years depending on where you are but just learning tiny little things and getting a little bit more confident every time you learn something new because every person i've met they grow when they learn something new when they do something that they didn't think was possible so you don't need to go out and conquer the world in order to do something new that you didn't think was possible you can just do small things but the brain doesn't know the difference let's say you learn to do a jump on something that's 10 centimeters high if that's new to you it's the same like dopamine uh, response you'll get um, as if you were um, I don't know going to the moon for the first time <laughs> like it's, it's the same the signal in the brain the yeah. so that's that's great <laughs> so you like moving your body also because it has a physical element to it i just think it's amazing like that's where a movement practice is not just it's it's a very rich practice let me just say that yeah totally it really moves these um, just tiny little centimeters every time you do something new now the, the two of us know we we do this uh, parkour class together every wednesday afternoon and for me it's something 
completely new. I've never tried it before. I, I feel like the biggest noob and beginner every time we start out the class. But for some reason, every time I see the teacher explaining to us, um, so today we're going to jump up on this thing. And my immediate response is like, he's crazy. No way I'm ever <laughs> going to be able to do that. And then we break it down in such small portions that five minutes later, I'm able to do 10% of what he just did. Or I'm, I'm able to at least tell myself, hey, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And what I, I usually find is that at the end of that training, I've exceeded my own expectations 100%. I'm doing things where I'm like, what the <laughs> just happened? Like, how did I get up on that rail? Or I didn't know that I was able to do a split jump onto some kind of wall or <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Uh, and I bike home and I'm flying <laughs> mm -hmm. for the rest of the night because I'm so impressed that I could do these kind of things that I thought one and a half hours earlier, no way I'm ever going to be able to do that. Yeah. But I don't show up for the training with the mentality. No, I can't because that's not going to get me anywhere. And that's at least something I've already learned and getting there. It's difficult. But um, once you start seeing the benefit of all these small steps that you can take to improve your your physical health and, and everything that you can do with your body, it really piles up and, and the confidence, it just, it goes up. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you do these kind of things over the course of half a year or a year, and maybe you write yeah. down today, this is how I feel about myself. Maybe I'm not super confident. And then you start practicing some of these things. Maybe it's uh, learning how to do a half moon in a yoga practice, or it's learning how to do a kropo, something that's maybe a little bit difficult and seems completely out of out of reach for you but you start working towards that goal and then you'll probably see after a couple of months hey i'm actually getting better at this but also something is changing with my mindset i'm starting to actually trust that i can make changes yeah yeah because it's it's not that you can suddenly do a half moon pose in yoga or do a certain jump in parkour that makes you a better person or make makes you more self-confident it's the fact that you've been doing it again and again and again and kept practicing that makes you like it gives you a richer life in a way because it tells you that okay i can do something i can do more than i thought i could so having a simple practice where you can practice doing something for the first time and keep evolving that's super essential for self-confidence i think totally yeah mm. so that's the that's the physical side of things but for the more uh, all the, the mental tools and the more i don't know if we should call them spiritual tools but meditating and journaling and maybe even repeating mantras is there something specific that you do every day to keep growing and keep getting better at what you're doing and feeling better about yourself or is it a little bit like all over the place? I don't think there is one thing I do every day. I don't really think I have a routine or a practice like that. But there are things that, you know, I do a lot. And one thing is that I try to really keep my thoughts <laughs> in line with what I would want to believe. So I try to observe my thoughts a lot. Um, but I really do think meditation is a great tool. And... Honestly, I don't really sit down on a pillow a lot and meditate. 
I find parkour very meditating, uh, like having a movement practice because something where I can use my body and get into this flow state, that's where I'm meditating. Also because parkour is not really <laughs> always nice. It's it's quite um, hard sometimes on the body, rough yeah. and and scary also. Very scary. Sometimes it's also boring, which is all of the things that we will meet in life that will, you know, give us some kind of uh, a hard time and make us struggle. So like in order to keep my, my mind healthy, uh, I use a movement practice as well. I cannot take the physical part out of it. So for you, it's very like intertwined. Actually, yeah. you do both things at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a, a great example, actually, because we, <laughs> I think a lot of people have this tendency to think, oh, but I know I also have to meditate because I know it's good for me, but I just don't have the time because I'm so busy. But it's like your meditation practice does not have to look like you sitting on this perfect spiritual cushion on your <laughs> mat in a room and surrounded by lotus flowers. I am, I have this history of a road rage on my bike, <laughs> getting mm -hmm. really angry in traffic in general. So um, I've been practicing mindfulness while I bike a lot to not um, react so quickly. Mm -hmm. And, and, and. That's such a, a great way also to combine them and say, hey, I, well, I actually meditate every day because every time I go on my bike, <laughs> I try to not get mad at everyone around me and just have a very beautiful, smooth ride from A to B. Yeah. Yeah. No, it also depends on what you want to use that meditation practice for. Like, what do you want to gain? What is the goal? And if it's in order to keep your rage in check, well, why not practice it in a, in a situation where it is actually like possible that you will get into that mindset um like for me i think meditation is very a nice way to kind of observe how you feel and not judge it i think a lot of people that meditate would agree with that but i i just have to say that parkour is a great way for me to meditate because that's where i'm faced with a lot of things like bad self-talk fear like the whole i can't do this um but it's very evident in a parkour setting or any like movement setting where there's a little bit of risk involved so that's where i can practice mm. coming back to a better self-talk um, so i feel like i need to have a bit of uh, reality put into my meditation mindfulness mental practice and if i just sit on a pillow it's very far from reality in a way because life is not like that um, i always say to people after yoga class like it's now that the practice begins right because When you practice yoga in a room, on a mat, everything is set, everything is structured. Mm, it's a nice calm place to practice things, but it's not very close to reality. Um, so I kind of like to bring in some element of real life when I'm practicing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. And it, that, I think that's so much more beneficial than... I don't know. I think it's also great to go on a silent retreat, for instance, for 10 days. It's just a completely different experience. And of course, you'll probably find yourself like, oh, no, I learned to be so mindful. But now I come back and I have yeah. to spend time with my family and my coworkers and, and all the same issues. They pop up again because you haven't practiced how to to deal with it in, in exactly. real life. But but of course, it's great to start out in the beginning and see what does it actually feel like to sit on my meditation cushion for three to five minutes and just get still <clears throat> yeah um, it's also important for me to to say that it's it's not because sitting on a pillow and meditating in silence is the easy thing you need to go out and you know ex um 
expose yourself for risks and stuff because sitting on a pillow in silence sitting and being with yourself is super difficult and it's something we should all practice a bit more yeah. <laughs> uh, because that's where like the noise begins right so i also really want to point out that you shouldn't be just um i don't know focusing on movement and focusing on something else because you don't want to have a look at what's going on inside so you you shouldn't be distracting yourself with movement but try to find a place where those two worlds can meet in a way yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense like i i think um at least that's what i hear a lot of other yoga teachers say is a lot of people are drawn to these power vinyasa flowy kind of yoga classes because they're constantly moving they don't have to deal with the things that pop up because when you're moving things are in flow and maybe there there are not a lot of bad thoughts popping up because you're so um in the in the zone of oh, i have to put my arms there and my legs there and i'm focusing and i have to keep balance but then once you get still maybe in your shavasana at the end or if you're taking a more a slow yoga class where you have to hold the posture for a longer time it's like ha ah, <laughs> it's yeah. not comfortable to sit here or be in the stretch because i really have to deal with everything that pops up but i think you can't just do one thing and not the other they all they're all great to to mix and match and you'll see what what pops up and also whoever said that meditation was supposed to be easy and blissful <laughs> i don't and think nice. it is <laughs> it's not it's it it can be hard work but it all depends on what you want to use it for and mm. how you kind of approach it yeah for sure and in terms of mantras do you have something you say to yourself every day or is there some kind of quote that always sticks with you and you're like oh i have to go and do this thing and then i'll say this to myself 10 times like an affirmation or is that like too woo woo and far out for you it's definitely not woo woo i just have like one sentence or one mantra that i say to myself yeah I like in sometimes when i journal uh i do write things down like mantras i, I don't know um but i really like the the strala saying which is move easy everything you've got in every direction you can which is not just what you do in like a yoga practice or on your yoga mat. It means in life, move easy, like be an easygoing person, everything you've got. So not just your relationships, move your career, move your mental health, move your body, move everything you've got in every direction you can, because that's where you fulfill your whole potential. So it doesn't just mean to be like going crazy on the yoga mat, move every limb and in every direction and fill up the whole room with crazy movements. But it's a nice picture because that's what you should be doing in every aspect of your life, I think. Move easy everything you've got in every direction you can. Yeah, and yeah. You'll, everything will flow in the <laughs> yeah. direction it's supposed to flow. It's, it's, I think that's great. I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to write that down. Afterwards. It's a good quote. Like, it really yeah. is. Yeah. But I don't really you know, say mantras like that no. to myself. I, I haven't really tried it. Maybe I should. Yeah, it's it's something that I think I've I've started to open up to more as I've journeyed down through this thing mm -hmm. called a yoga practice. Um, in the beginning, when I was first introduced to it, it was all these Sanskrit mantras, and I was like, I I don't know what they mean, and mm -hmm. I don't know if, what I'm supposed to do with them. I couldn't really resonate. But a couple of months ago, I listened to a podcast where um, this person said, well maybe tomorrow when you wake up the first thing you say to yourself even before you open your eyes is today i choose to shine 
Yeah. And it was, I don't know, it, it just stuck with me for some reason, because probably also because I'm so all over yellow color colors and fire and everything should be like <laughs> lit up in mm. a way. Um, and this sentence just stuck with me. And I've really tried every morning when I, before I wake up or maybe I forget I already got out of my bed and I'm walking around, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm like, today I choose to shine <laughs> and something changes inside my brain chemistry it feels like that i can go from being like super depressed and like i've looked myself in the mirror i wear my glasses and i'm like oh my god you look like i don't know (laughs) not good um and i've already gotten myself into this negative self-talk and then something inside my head reminds me that hey today i choose to shine and then i'm just starting off on the right <laughs> yeah but like the the words that you tell yourself the sentences they're so powerful yeah. like and like the things you tell yourself are the things that you can be motivated by the most it doesn't matter really what people say but the things you tell yourself that's really that can be a really good uh root of good stuff yeah I don't really, like I said, I don't have a mantra, but if I, I catch myself saying, oh no, I did this, or oh no, this happened, or oh no, I don't want to blah, blah, blah. I try to catch myself and say, oh yes, and then say, find something positive in that scenery, or just say yes. Like I say it to myself in my head. If my head goes no about something, or no, 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 I'm riding too fast on my bike, or no, 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 this is not happening, then I try to flip it and just say yes. Yes. I, I don't know. It just, like like you said, it just changes something inside of me yeah. in a way. Yeah. And I'm I think this very much ties into the whole self-esteem thing. So we've been talking a lot about all these accomplishments you can have outside and people saying to you, oh, you did all these great things or you got these greats, whatever. But the, the monologue you have with yourself and you had that voice that it's constantly <laughs> talking to you <laughs> over and over and it's just, there's no way to stop it mm-hmm. unless you really practice that's where you can really take your self-esteem and and up level it Mm. and instead of talking shit to yourself every day you can start incorporating something like today i choose to shine or this too shall pass or i'm gonna be all right everything usually works out yeah (laughs) so why wouldn't it today yeah and it's amazing because it's free and it's easy and it's it's very simple and it's powerful (laughs) yeah Sure. So I know that a lot of the people that will be listening to this episode, they're usually short on time. The response I get is, oh, Laura, but it's great. And I really want to practice yoga, but I just don't, I don't, I don't have time. Um, so they might also be feeling low on both self-esteem and confidence. So what is something that you would suggest that they could do if, if you had to put together a five minute routine for them? What would you suggest they do? If they don't have time to do yoga. Yeah. So yoga could be many things. That could also be repeating that mantra. And that doesn't even uh, mean that you have to put on your sports bra. (laughs) Mm. I think the first step would be to realize that yoga is so many things. It doesn't have to be roll out your mat and do postures and stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, it doesn't have to be sitting on a cushion for five minutes meditating. That's that. I think that's the pictures we have about yoga, but it could be going for a walk. It could be okay, now I'm going to have a conversation with one of my friends and I'm going to spend five minutes listening very carefully, mindfully. Like just having that as a goal or spending five minutes being present in some way for how how many breaths can I stay present looking at a tree or whatever. Like you do have five minutes for that. 
Uh, but I, like I said, I really like to kind of bring reality and the practice as close together as possible. So if you can find five minutes in something you do during the day anyways and, and practice mindfulness or ease if you're like a strala yogi or whatever, then try to do that so you don't like separate the practice from real life. Try to weave them together mm. and I, I think then you'll realize that you do have time for it. Yeah, there is this little thing called uh, an iPhone or a smartphone. Um, and for some reason, I always um, get this message from screen time telling me, hey, I'm, uh, <laughs> I've been on my phone for three hours on average every day for the past week. Wouldn't I have at least uh, five minutes to sit down and repeat the, this mantra ten times or to meditate, look, look out the window or find a journal and write something down and even if you don't have a journal and <laughs> pen and paper you could just get the the notepad out on your iphone and start writing down whatever is in your mind sometimes just getting the thoughts down on a piece of paper it's such a big help yeah or a, a piece of iphone or a piece of iphone <laughs> a piece of iphone <laughs> a piece of device of some sort. exactly yeah. whatever digital screen you need to look at yeah. to to get your fix do whatever it takes as long as it's positive things yeah. coming through yeah okay so the last question here and then we're gonna slowly start to to wrap off up is um i'd like to know if you have some examples of things you can do now that you were not able to do before you started all these practices of strala yoga and meditating on the go and is there something specific where you're like oh wow 10 years ago this was the most scary thing for me and now i just do it every day without even thinking that it's a big thing <laughs> i almost almost get a little bit touched now because just the fact that i have so many things ready i could tell you and i want to tell you that's that's that's, that's an amazing thing because before that i would be like you know cautious about oh what 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 am i good at like what where where are my skills and now i'm like i really want to tell you what i'm good at tell me all I, the things you're good at no but you know <laughs> it just makes me happy that i feel confident telling you what i'm good at and what i can do now like there are so many things like like movement wise it's been a huge journey just the fact that i started my day doing muscle ups that's crazy for me because it doesn't i mean it tells me that i've become stronger physically but it also tells me that i'm i'm stronger in staying on track because it's been a long journey let me just say that uh, and i was never really the strong one and people don't believe that when they meet me like you've just you've probably done gymnastics from when you were a kid no never i was not very uh coordinated or like capable movement wise i was just regular i think and I don't think I'm that regular anymore. And I love that because then I can bring it to more people. Uh, so it feels like being able to sit here and say that I can, I can bring value to other people. That's one of the biggest things because like we talked about in the beginning before turning on this thing was that speaking in public could be something that people lack confidence in. And that doesn't scare me at all. Like the last time I did it was in front of, 100 plus people i think i was gonna do like a meditation and a little practice on like a big stage and i just found myself talking like about strala yoga and weaving it into something that the other person who had just made a presentation and i i didn't plan anything i just came up with it that's also one thing i can do now i can impressive. just act on my <laughs> intuition and just 
not plan anything. I never plan my yoga classes. It just comes to me naturally and I have confidence that it will come to me. Oh man, that would have given me so much stress like 15, 10 years ago, not being prepared. But now I know that I'm prepared and I'm always preparing because I'm living what I'm preaching. So it's it's a lot of things. That's <laughs> like, great. I yeah. mean, I think <laughs> having that list, <laughs> yeah. you should almost write it down and, yeah. and take it out on the days where you're like, oh yeah. man, I'm just not succeeding at anything. Because yeah. That is great. And I, I can totally recognize it for myself. I think I would still get the, my heart rate would go up if I had to teach a meditation in front of a hundred people on a station with a microphone on and everything, yeah. but it's, it's work in progress. And I, uh, public speaking, that's, it's something I always try to talk about whenever I can to people that are still on this journey because it's, and we all are, but we're just different stages on the journey but for me as I explained public speaking really became this thing that that scared me so much after that one situation I had in a in a class presentation my first year in law school um, and I started to tell myself that I probably can't I can't get up there and I, I had I w the story I was telling myself in my head was your hands and your fingers are going to shake so much you can't hold on to your notes and I had that in a couple of situations. I was doing this talent program for law students with a law firm. And, and one of the things we had to practice was um, giving speeches in front of each other, because that's part of the training to become a good attorney or a lawyer. You, you have to be able to stand up in front of people and talk about difficult things. And I remember standing with this piece of paper in my hands and I was taking steps back and forth and back and forth and my hands were going like <laughs> and the papers were shaking so much um, and it must have been so uncomfortable for everyone to look at. But now, like for instance, just today, I've taught a yoga class in front of eight people that I absolutely don't know. And I felt great. Mm. <laughs> um, and just being able to look back on that whole journey of, wow, I've I've had so much training in public speaking because I had to from my education, but I was not comfortable with it until I told myself, now you're going to do this yoga teacher training and you're going to get up there in front of people and it's going to be scary, but we can make it through. Mm. And and just looking back on that, it's wow. It makes me so happy. Yeah, it's a big step. <laughs> it really is a big step. Yeah, quite amazing. Even... <laughs> Even having this podcast, I could probably turn on that voice inside myself saying, who do you think you are to have your own podcast? Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen and if you're still listening, I, I hope there's something valuable that, uh, that needs to get out through this microphone. Mm. Yeah, for sure there is. Mm. And do you feel any different in your body and in your mind now um, than before? Like with the examples that you gave? Is there something, is there a physical sensation in your body that, oh yeah, can, I can just get up onto that stage and teach a hundred people and my hands are not even shaking, my heart rate is not going up. It's not that I don't get nervous. I definitely was nervous back then, but I think the difference is that I'm very aware that I'm nervous and I can kind of observe, okay, you're nervous, but that's not the end of the world. It, it probably means that this means something to you. If I'm not nervous, then I'm freaking out because then I'm like, why am I then doing this? Because then, then nothing is at stake. Then it doesn't mean anything to me. So I think I've learned that being nervous is, is okay. It's I a mean, good thing. It's, it can be a good thing. 
because it also makes you more alert and you're more focused. Um, and so, it tells you that what you're about to do, it actually matters to you. It matters. I guess that's also yeah. why you say you'd be a little bit concerned if you don't get nervous because yeah. it's like, wow, is this job not important to me anymore? Yeah. Do I not care about helping a hundred people to find inner peace? Is yeah. that not an important task? Well, yeah. it sounds like a pretty important task. Yeah. And, but also like, I think I feel my body more now. So I also feel the nerves more, but I also feel the rush of doing it more. I feel like the like being completely exhilarated from accomplishing it. So I just feel more because I don't know, there's some kind of connection that is a bit more uh, evident and it's more strong. Mm. But that's also the beauty of yoga that you start to feel all these things, but you also have a ton of tools on how to manage it, how to deal with having all that stuff going yeah. on in your body. How, how can we be in our bodies and have all these things going on at the same time? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it sounds nice that you're you're able to feel more, but I think it's also important that you are able to manage it, if if you can say it like that, so you don't get absorbed. It doesn't matter if it's it's a bad or a good feeling. I don't want to be absorbed in in any of it in a way. I kind of want to. I don't know. Of course, I want to have the full experience, but if you get absorbed in the good or the bad, then whatever comes opposite to that will feel like a huge contrast and, and that's where things can get a little overwhelming. So you just want to be at ease. At ease. At ease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start to wrap up here, but is there anything else that you want to share around this topic before we finish? I think we we rounded things off pretty nicely yeah. and I think we've been We have some confident corners. people out there in the world now maybe let's hope so yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool and if someone would like to check out what you're doing try out this strala yoga thing or work out with you where can they where can they find you everything is on my instagram which instagram. is just my name christine and we talked about my last name last time didn't we uh -huh. because when i go to france especially my last name is bond bond which i love But in Danish, it's Bund, which is quite different. But it's B-O-N-D-E. And everything is on Instagram. Perfect. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll put a link to your Instagram in the description to this episode. So people can find you and practice with you and work out with you and follow your journey of uh, muscle-ups. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Christine, for thank being you. a guest on the Hatha Yoga podcast. And... To anyone out there listening to our conversation, thank you so much for listening. As I've mentioned before, this podcast is a totally independent production, so every little bit of support from you truly means so much to me. And if you're wondering how you can support the Hatha Yoga podcast, you can either leave a review, sub subscribe to the podcast, or share it with someone you love, either in the real world or out there in cyberspace. Just send them a text message with the link to this episode. Do whatever you need to do to get this in their ears. And you're also more than welcome to send me a message and tell me about your journey. I'm always happy to hear from you no matter where you are in the world. Thank you so much. And thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you.